Back here in uh, Anchorage with Suzanne DiPietro, the executive director of the uh, Judicial Council. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. I just got back cross-country skiing over on Campbell Lake, and uh, it, was, it was incredible. That's why I look the way I look right now. You look very sporty. I was, uh, it was pretty good. It got a little chilly, mm-hmm. and uh, when we were done, the, one of the owners who lives on one of the easements, which, by the way, the city and state has affirmed as public access easement, was uh, taking my picture in Paxson. So um, there's talk that this might end up in the court system. So it could be in your realm here. Well, one could day. Be in the court system. Now the court is separate from the judicial council. There are two separate agencies actually within the judicial branch of government, according to our constitution. And that's what I want to talk about judicial council. Now I noticed a few weeks ago when the chief justice gave his uh, state of the judiciary, you were one of the folks he introduced and, and you were in the gallery and you stood up and you had to kind of wave. Yeah. No, nobody, I mean, likes, did you, you, did you no one likes that, do they? Kind of, oh, I'm going to like stand up. And- well, I was I was honored, um, obviously, to be recognized by the Chief Justice. But you're right. It is a little awkward to stand there and wonder what to do with your hands. You have to kind of do the queen, you know. The, the queen wave or the beauty queen wave. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how long have you been with, you've been there for quite a while, right? I've been there for about six years. Yeah. Were you, yeah. What were you doing before that? I worked for the court system before that. Yeah. With, uh, with like a Nancy Mead? Uh, I worked with Nancy. I see she, her in June all the time. Yeah. She's, she's like the face of the, right? her and Doug. And you did a podcast. So I worked with uh, Nancy and Doug. You've done a podcast with Nancy, but not Doug Not yet, Doug. Right? He's, he's, he's on the list. Yeah. All now, right. Now, Nancy, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, let's not brag. I don't want to uh, get too excited, but she, her podcast was actually in a courtroom. In a courtroom. She took me to it and we were in Juneau. Oh, down in Juneau. We were in like an empty courtroom. In the Diamond Courthouse. uh, It was, where was, I think it was across the way there, but it was a big, huge kind of courtroom. And we sat at one of the, you know, where there's two tables on each side and we sat at one and. Yeah. I was like, like, I'm glad I'm here in this scenario, (laughs) not another one. Not some other one. Yeah. The Judicial Council doesn't have any courtrooms, so we can't, we can't do that for you. So. Judicial Council, a lot I want to talk about. The, the first one is, I think a lot of Alaskans maybe have heard of it, but mm-hmm. maybe aren't familiar with it. Now, we, we have a very different way of selecting judges in other states where right. in many cases they're elected and there's, mm-hmm. there's elections. We, we have a different kind of system. So talk a little bit about right. the history of, of why that is. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about how we select the judges. Yeah, so Alaska has what's called a merit selection system for judges. And uh, if, you, if you want some interesting reading, and I'm real serious about this, read the minutes of the Constitutional Convention where the delegates were talking about whether they should elect judges or use this merit selection system. And I mean, they had a ter- terrific debate about it. It was so interesting. And the idea is, the underlying idea that they all agreed on and why we now have merit selection is they did not want partisan politics to enter in in any way to the selection of judges, that they wanted the people in Alaska to be served by individuals on the bench who uh, could be fair and not consider um, partisan politics. And you know, several of the delegates actually had been from states where judges were elected, and they were very clear that they didn't want people selected by the party machine. That was one of the well, I think things. We've, we've seen so many examples of, you know, in the news and media over the years of a judge gets elected and he gets supported by certain folks or certain mm-hmm. interests, or maybe it's, maybe it's uh, private prisons. A guy in Pennsylvania yeah. was locking kid, you know, kids right. up to, cause so they could keep the money going. Mm-hmm. Um, we've but, seen a lot of corruption uh, when it comes to there judges are, being elected. Those are exactly the problems, and some of the problems that they talked about um, are that the you know the people who are appearing in front of the judge 
are the ones who usually are giving the money to the judge for their campaign. And uh, that's just, you know, I mean, it's just, even if you just think about it, you can see that that's not a good system. I mean, m- most states elected, this goes back hundreds of years, right? Don't, don't most states? Well, elect- it's gone back and forth between appointments and election. And then the merit selection system was really um, developed right uh, before Alaska became a state. And it was really in response to not wanting to elect judges, but also not wanting to have a straight up appointment system in the states. And it's actually, merit selection is done by around 30 of the states now. So, so, so how's it work? So the council, um, I mean, yeah. I've, I've watched it. So before. what happens is there's a judicial vacancy or else a, 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 a judge announces he or she's going to retire and the council sends out a notice to every lawyer in the state and actually members of the bar also who are out of state and says, Hey, if you would like to apply for this position, put in your application. It's like a 26 page application. You have to say, you know, every address you've had, every employer you've had, it's a very, very, um, strong vetting process. So it takes about five weeks. We let people get in their applications. Then the council announces everyone who's applied. And then we start an investigation of their background. And we ask that the the main way that the council investigates the backgrounds of the people who've, who've applied is to ask people who've worked with them and against them and also to ask judges who've seen them performing in the courtroom how good of a job they did. And um, it's the criteria that the council is looking at is legal ability, integrity, temperament, fairness, and overall suitability of experience and overall performance. So what you're saying is I'm probably not going to ever be a judge. Probably not. I'm not even a lawyer. Well, even if you were a lawyer and were a member of the bar, you would have to show that you have really good legal ability and good suitability of experience. So right now we're actually in the process of of replacing one of the Supreme Court justices. That's exactly right. So the application period is ended. Uh, We've got the candidates now posted on the website with their short biographies there for anybody who wants to see. And uh, the bar survey is out right now. So the council sends out an electronic survey to members of the bar, active and retired, in-state and out-of-state, anyone who might have worked with that person, people who have direct professional experience. So any, anybody can respond to it? Anyone can respond to it, but um, we only count the ones who have direct professional is it, experience. Is it anonymous? It can be anonymous, yes. It's anonymous to the, well, it's anonymous to the applicants, but the, but they, the people who uh, write comments and sign their names are known to the council. The council, but but it's not publicly kind of known. No, or the- no, no. We, so the idea is that we want people's candid opinions, and mm-hmm. so we guarantee that they can have that confidentiality. Is that some? Is that separate? I've heard that term, a bar poll. Is that a similar? Yeah, it, it, people call it a bar poll. I like to call it a bar survey because it's not a it's not really a voting thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's an evaluation of a person's qual- qualifications. Okay, so these um, names come in. In this case, I think it was eight. Yep. Right? So, but it's been it's been higher, right? In the past, there's been oh, ones yeah, where there'd yeah. be twenty or thirty. Oh yeah, yeah. So then the council reviews. Now, now the yep. council's appointed. Um, I guess so, the governor gets a few. Yep, three. So the council is seven members. The chief justice is the chair ex officio. He doesn't vote unless there's a tie. Then we have three attorneys who are voted on by the bar association. They're fellow colleagues in the bar and appointed by the board of governors of the bar. And then we have three uh, public members who are appointed by governors and the founders in the Constitutional Convention uh, were very clear that those were going to be staggered six-year terms because they didn't want one governor to appoint all the all yeah, the, was, uh, no, so yeah public uh, members. Uh, my, first, yeah, my first thought was, wasn't that somewhat politicized? I didn't realize it was staggered six-year terms. I, I knew it was six, but 
you first thought it was that might politicize it, where you load right. the load the council up with that's right one governor's. Um, I mean, they were they were so meticulous in their analysis. That was something that they actually talked about that they wanted to make sure that didn't happen. So now they get these applications, and then they look mm-hmm. at all of them, and look at all of them, and we uh, the council members review um, cases three, like nine or ten of their the most recent cases in uh, litigation that. Uh, um, that the applicants have been involved in, investigate their credit history, investigate criminal history, investigate their internet history. Credit, so, like, so, so they aren't susceptible right. to being like a bribe exactly. or something by somebody. Well, and, and, you know, you, you want somebody, if you want somebody who's a good manager, a good case manager, you also probably, if you found somebody who couldn't manage their own financial affairs, you would have a question about that. So what now when they they all look at this stuff and they, and they meet now, mm-hmm. is it different... Um, are different uh, judge seats different because don't they send so many names to the governor? So they have to, under the constitution they have to send at least two names for each seat to the governor. And so there's uh, no differentiation between superior. No, nope, it's all or? the same to, to, for all the levels of court. But um, but what's interesting is statistically the council usually sends more than two. So they can send as many as they want. They can send the most qualified. So the idea is. Um, we do an initial screen during this investigative process to make sure that they meet the minimum statutory qualifications, which is, you know, have you lived here long enough and have you practiced law long enough? And those are in statute. You ever get somebody who hasn't done those ones? You know, every now and again, there's a question, usually about active practice of law. So maybe if somebody's been inactive for a while, mm-hmm. um, the way the statute is written. So, but that's really just a minimum screen. And so the council's role is to choose of all those qualified people who are in the pool, who are the most qualified at least two, but if there are, but if you've got two who are the most qualified, then you may you may see that there's two more in that pool who are every bit as qualified as the two that you've chosen already, and they're all in the same at the same level, and you send four. So that's how the process now, works. Now, sometimes I've I've noticed um, people apply who are lawyers, been lawyers for a while, but they've mm-hmm. never been a judge, right? Before, or they've never um, they've maybe had a lot of time in the court or. Right. Not, not a lot of time in the courtroom. I mean, is that is there any kind of you know, requirement we, for that? Because I know some folks I think have been appointed judges who who have never yeah, been a judge. Right. Yeah. In fact, most people who are appointed as judges, and many people even who are appointed to the appellate to the appellate bench, have never been judges. It's not a requirement, but but what what the council usually is looking for is litigation experience. And whether that means you've been in court a lot, or whether that means you've been working on litigation cases in your career. Uh, that's going to be important because the position is for a trial judge, and that trial judge is going to be overseeing litigation. That's what they're going to be so, doing. So, what do we have? We have, I think, like a superior court, right? We've got a district court and a superior court, and then two appellate courts: the Court of Appeals, they handle the criminal uh, matters, and then the Supreme Court. So, we were talking in Juneau when you were there last week about there's what there's four districts. There's four judicial districts, right? And so the trial courts are sort of lumped into these four judicial districts. The appellate courts are statewide. So we're talking about the, uh, the third district. Third district which is, is big. Uh, interesting because it, it includes Anchorage and the Valley. And yeah. it also includes like Kodiak, Kodiak and the Dillingham. So I, I, I think we got to break. I think we got to add another one. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the other ones are big, but they're also kind of rural and they're big, yeah. but they're, they include kind of similar type yeah. um, places. But but um, third one's interesting. It's Yeah. Well, there's been, I mean, there's been studies on judicial districts. You know, there's some old ones sitting back in there. I don't think the court system has looked at that for a while. So the, our Supreme Court has five. Now, is that mm-hmm. in the Constitution or no? 
three in the Constitution, but can but that more can be added. That's like the the U.S. Supreme Court. There's nine, but mm-hmm. they could be there could be more, right? I don't know. Is that right? I think they said yeah, because I think Roosevelt was. I think one of the yeah, things when he Roosevelt, wanted to. One of the things Roosevelt, um, if you look back, he was you know was in his fourth term. One of the concerns with that was mm-hmm. people started to realize think like, oh my God, they can stack the court. Mm-hmm. If somebody right. was you know president for thirty years. Yeah. Then all yeah. of a sudden they get a lot of people on the court. Of course, the interesting thing about the federal system that people sometimes forget is it's really different from Alaska's system. So the federal system is really a straight-up presidential appointment with confirmation by uh, the Senate. Um, and and there is, there's really no, I mean, there's really, the, the, it's just very different from the merit selection process. And it's really designed to be different than the merit selection process. So, you know, there's a lot of drama in the federal court, or there sometimes is a lot of drama. Well, I've been going back to Bork and, yep. and then read Kavanaugh recently. Recently, and, um, you can you can just was, name the cases. Like you always know. What was the other um, Tom Clarence Thomas? Thomas, right? You yeah. always know, or you know, if you read the news, you always know when there's a U.S. Supreme Court seat open because there's usually a lot of fussing about it. I mean, in Alaska, sometimes you know people might not even be aware that there's a there's an Alaska Supreme Court seat open right now, and that the council is getting ready to fill it because there just doesn't tend to be that kind of fussing. So one of the things I don't know how much you can say about this, talk about this. One of the things on this recall deal is last year the, mm-hmm. the governor didn't. Um, he had I think forty five days per per the statute right to to select one of the judges that the council sends to him. Correct. And he, he basically um, said, "I don't like the choices." He did. Uh, has that ever happened before? It has happened before. Hickle, right? Yeah. Hick, I was reading about Hickle did something similar. It it have it happens sort of every now and again, and and uh, again, you know, we have a system of checks and balances, and there's tension between the branches, uh, and so it's not it's sort of not unheard of that there might be tension between uh, the executive and the judicial branch. But the the thing about in Alaska is the Constitution is very clear that the governor has to appoint from the list sent by the judicial council. Now. It seems like not just at our state level, but nationally, there's been this kind of sentiment um, from certain, mostly conservatives, I think, you know, the mm-hmm. activist judges and <laughs> almost this attack or onslaught on the judicial branch. And yeah. it's funny because I've, I've, over the last couple of years, gotten to know more folks who are in the legal world and some folks who have been judges or no judges. And yeah. one time I asked um, somebody, I said, you know, do the judges, when they're on a high-profile case dividend case or some criminal case, you know, do they like, do they read the papers. And cause I think like, I, my mind's like a pol- politics. Mm-hmm. So I kind of said, you know, does, doesn't it bother them when they see the, the coverage? Do they, and, and, um, one person said, well, they don't really read it much. They may look at it, but they don't. It's not relevant. And I, I said, well, wait a minute. And then what I kind of realized, um, what I've further kind of learned by talking to folks is, uh, uh the a judge, a person who's a judge doesn't think at all like a person who's a politician. Correct. And, and it's it's because people who are in politics, like if you're in the legislature and yeah. your whole life is about that. And right. You, th- you think that it's maybe natural. they think like you. Yeah, it's natural and, to and assume it's, that. But it's so different. I mean, the judge has to make a decision. The judge can't make a decision based on something outside of the courtroom. The judge has to make the decision based on the arguments and the evidence brought to him or her in the courtroom by the parties and not by the newspaper. And so it's really not even relevant uh, so the judge, that's that's what the judge's focus is, and you're exactly right. Having come through the merit selection process, the judges, you know, there's a value in the bench of being of being not political and being accountable to the Constitution and not accountable to political parties. Why do you think uh, there's this sentiment from some folks who, who 
you know, I mean, it's to the point where I've even heard people say, like, we, we just don't even need a judiciary because mm-hmm. these judges are, you know, liberal activist judges kind of run the show. Is, is that like, is that, is that new or is that? You know, I, I don't really, I don't even really know if I can comment on that. You know, I mean, I guess people have their, their opinions. Um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure where that comes from. To me, there's, there's really not good evidence of that in Alaska. I mean, we've got this system that selects people who are who are devoted to the law, who are devoted to the Constitution, who want to follow the law, who are not involved typically in partisan politics. And if they are, uh, they can put it aside when they have to make a decision, and they're devoted to fairness. It's funny how a lot of the folks who are very critical of the judiciary are also people who are very much like follow the Constitution. You know, we right. have to believe in the that we have to follow the rule of law in the Constitution. Right. But then sometimes they think, oh well. Except that we don't. <laughs> and also I want to talk about the retention. So there is yeah, a mechanism. Right. So for... that's the second half, which is really important because so we've got this system where we've got the, the council that's that's kind of sending to the governor the people who have the best professional qualifications. And then the governor makes his or her appointment. Um, but then people say, well, how are the people involved? So there is there is a piece for the electorate to be involved. And that's and that's after every judge is appointed. They serve a little bit of time, and then they get evaluated by the Judicial Council, their, their performance on the bench, and that's actually by law, and then they go on the ballot. So, for example, in, in this November, in November 2020, on the ballot, there are going to be judges, depending on which judicial district you live in. Uh, you may have, you know, eight or nine judges on the ballot, or you may have just a couple. Uh, but either way, it's an up or down vote, yes or no on those judges. And for most people, they don't really know um, how the judges are performing, unless they happen to be in the judge's courtroom, which is not is not the most common thing. And so if they go to the Judicial Council's website or look in the voter pamphlet, we've got um, information about how that judge is performing. So how do we figure that out? Well, we ask people who've been in the courtroom with the judges. So and this, and we also ask members of the public. So we we solicit information from jurors, from members of the public from peace and probation officers, so law enforcement and um, probation officers who work for Department of Corrections, from social workers, from from guardians ad litem, from CASA volunteers, from attorneys. Guardians ad litem. Guardians ad litem. Those are people who are appointed to take care of the legal affairs of um, people who who have uh, mental or uh, who are mentally incapacitated. Okay. Yeah. So these are people who are in court a lot. They see the judges uh, performing. And then we also... Uh, survey court employees. So we've got, we're asking people who see the judges in the courtroom. And then we're also asking people, the court employees who see the judges, um, you know, in the back office, you know, are they good at organizing or do they treat all the employees with respect? Uh, Are they hard workers? Those are, that's the kind of information we're soliciting. And we get all that information. We put it on the web for anybody to see who has to vote on a judge. So then the council says uh, they, they give kind of a recommendation. Recommendation, right. The statute says that the council may recommend um, uh, for or against the judge's retention based on their performance. And uh, there's been a few times, that I've been here 15 years, I yeah. remember one, I think was some guy, was it Bethel maybe? Wasn't he making deals or from the... He was having ex parte communications, yes. So ex parte means talking to Sorry. one party without... Correct. So it, yes, talking to one party without the I other just, party being there. I, I don't know what happened <laughs> exactly, but I, I, when I remember reading about it, or I just had this... Thing in my mind where I was like, he's on the bench, like let's make a deal, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. I've, I hope it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what. I, and then somebody else, I think, many years ago, somebody 
there, there, drunk driving or some, some, something? Uh, but there have been a few judges who, after the council or during the time or after the council has done the performance evaluation, it's revealed problems with their performance. And when the council sees that, um, they will put the information out there on the web and also the council has recommended against retention of a judge. Uh, now, one thing we talked about in Juno, and I'd looked this up, it seems like in, in maybe just the third, or I'm not sure if it's any other di- districts, but it seems like over time, especially in our di- judicial district, mm-hmm. the um, the percentage of um, vote to, to retain mm-hmm. has gone down. Right. The yes vote percentages have been going down over the years in the third judicial district. I, I know a lot of people who just say, I just vote against all of them. Right. That's kind of this thing I hear from a lot of folks. And that's why, that, and that really, that really makes me sad because, uh, I, well, I don't, fully understand that. Um, but I do think, you know, everyone has, I think, the desire to be evaluated on their performance. You know, I have a job, I want to be evaluated on my performance and rewarded or not rewarded, depending on how I'm doing. I think we can all relate to that. And it really, you know, I, I would suggest it's the same with the judges that they should be evaluated on their performance. And if they're doing a good job, you know, they probably do deserve another term in office. And if they're not doing a good job, then they don't. That's the whole idea behind the retention system. Was uh, was Judge Corey the first time where... Uh, he was the first one where the council had recommended uh, that he be retained and he was not retained. And this was obviously a, a big it issue. Was, and, and I th- yeah. I, I, have, I have very... Um, I have some strong feelings about that whole thing. I, I think he, I, I think he got the... Uh, Kind of the wrong, the wrong end on that one. That was a complicated situation, kind of a perfect storm. Uh, and he and he. So at some point, uh, and I guess you you decide, or maybe it's judicial conduct commission who decides when um, the judge is being kind of. If there's a campaign against the judge, then they can campaign for themselves, right? That's right. So a judge, um, you know, people sometimes say, "Well, why doesn't the judge make a statement or stand up for himself or campaign to let us know?" And actually, the code of judicial conduct, which is an ethical code that all judges must abide by. Uh, says that a judge really can't do that um, unless and until there's active opposition. And so once there is a campaign against a judge, he or she can speak out, does not have to, but can. And and Judge Corey did try to speak out there towards the end. Um, uh, But it's uncommon for there to be an organized campaign against a judge. I think is it it's judicial conduct. Is it the conduct commission, commission decides if there's a it interprets the judicial I, code of conduct. Yeah, I, I actually know a lot about um, you do. That's judicial right. Conduct commission. I know you and do. <laughs> it's actually funny. I don't know if I told you this before. So when I got appointed, so I had helped out Bill Walker a little bit with the campaign. Uh-huh. I knew some folks. So I had tried. I had expressed interest for years when Governor Parnell was governor to be on a border commission. Oh, okay. And I've, I, I was always kind of critical of his fiscal policies, were you know largest budget in history vetoed not not a dime and so i was kind of told by by some people there you're not going to get appointed to anything oh, I said, all okay. right fine all right so then walker wins and i, I expressed interest and, and I, I they said okay send us top five or top ten whatever you're interested in so i put alcohol beverage control board uh-huh. was one of the ones and, and one of my top choices was judicial council oh because i knew about judicial council wow i i, I think it's a very unique system i've read yeah. up on it and and i think it'd be fascinating to be part of that yeah so I put a few other ones and uh, there was, I think I was maybe interested in three or four, but they yeah. wanted 10. And then I was like, I don't know, Ada. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm not going to be on that. So I, I put that and I told the story at Arctic entries, actually the whole oh, speedo gate story. And yeah. Marla Greenstein was in the crowd in the <laughs> audience. But um, when I got the email back, it's a congratulations. You've been appointed to the commission on judicial conduct. Oh. And my first, and I said this at the Arctic entries, I said, what the fuck is that? 
I've never heard of it before. I, I, no, I, I knew judicial counsel. That's interesting. So, so then I go up, I Google it, and yeah. I pull it up, and you know they adjudicate oh. complaints against judges. Yeah. And important. I go, holy shit, that sounds pretty pretty important. That's pretty high powered. You, you know who I would have replaced? Who? Amy Domboski. Amy. She was getting off. <laughs> so the whole thing happened, this the Speedogate deal. But yeah. but then I got like very familiar with I mean, three judges, three lawyers, yeah. three public members. Yes. I know a lot about yeah, the that's conduct, like my the that, conduct commission, yeah. That, that's that's the one and then that last session there was a guy appointed from Ketchikan who kinda that was another oh, kinda kinda right. went bad. Yeah. So that we we've kind of joked that that's like God, the Jeff Landfield curse after they, <laughs> after what happened to me, you know, now it's hard to get somebody on there. Cause the other guy they appointed after me was some older guy from the Valley and he ended up, I think quitting. Oh, interesting. So I, I need to, that's, well, my, that's a lot of work. I need to, some governor someday needs to yeah. put, me, put, me, put me back on that. Well, those, I'm amazed at people who uh, serve on these boards and commissions. It's a lot of work, including the judicial council. I mean, we have, the council members have been so busy over the past four or five years. Uh, they've, well, the Chief Justice mentioned this in his State of the Judiciary, but, you know, there's been a lot of turnover on the bench recently. People have just kind of reached that age when they're retiring, and so the council has been very busy, you know, screening applicants. And Don't, don't we have a thing here about a certain age? Yeah, 70. Mm-hmm. So that, the, the, now the U.S. Supreme Court, there's no— That's I mean, right. Our, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is pretty old. She's way more than 70. Mm-hmm. So so wasn't it Rabinowitz? Who was mm-hmm. the one that had to— Jud- Rabinowitz, maybe? or Oh, yeah, there have been Justice Rabinowitz had to retire— so um, it sh- should we fi- fix that, or what do you think about that? Seventies, um, kind of. I, I mean, I know a lot of be- Mel Gill is my my buddy who got yeah. pointed to the. He's seventy six yeah, and he he's still out hunting and doing yeah, guiding. Yeah, he's totally with it. So you know, I think that was adopted, um, you know, several decades ago, and uh, I think probably at the time seventy seemed really old. Right. It, no, I think I mean if it, it was fifty years ago. Then right. It would have been life really, expectancy would have yeah. been probably less, and so uh, I I don't know. I mean, I do think that I, I actually nowadays seventy doesn't seem so old, especially I, to those of us who are inching that way. I, I brought that up to uh, was it Nan, Nancy Mead or so? I brought that up to somebody once, yeah. and maybe it was Nancy or Doug, and I said I think we should look, and, and the kind of the sentiment was. Um, yeah, I don't think we want to like open up all yeah. that because <laughs> there could be other things that they could try to change or yeah. Um, so, but is that, has that been like an issue where we've had a lot of folks? Well, Judge Wolverton, um, actually, there's another there's a seat on the Superior Court that's open right now, and, and Judge Wolverton uh, served right is will have served right up till his 70th birthday. Judge Manheimer on the Court of Appeals, I so, believe, served very close to his 70th birthday. See, I feel mm-hmm. like I think we talked about this. I, I don't. I pay attention to the politics a lot and. I know some of the folks on the Supreme Court. I know some of the judges. But you, you said Wolverton and Man. I don't. I don't really know the. Right. I, I wish. I wish you know there was, a, a maybe more a little more public mm-hmm. um, presence or public well, communication actually, with with the judges because I think most folks, including myself, don't really know. Yeah. Unless, like you said, you're in trouble Correct. or unless there's some something happening like that's, a big that's high profile. The issue. I mean, like Judge Morris. I know PFD you, thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's that's sort of if there's a if there's any weakness of the retention system, it's simply that people are asked to vote but they may not have the information. So the information is out there, we just need to push it out. And you know, that's on us too to try to get that information out to the voters. That's uh, Mar- something that we take pretty seriously, but we could do a better job, I think. Marla told me uh mm-hmm. after the she was at the Arctic Entries when I talked about the, the speedo gate, you know, yeah. we ended up going out it was four years ago, ended up going out for lunch and yeah, she, she said <laughs> she said, you know, it was really funny because she goes right around that time before that whole thing went ha- that happened with the speedo gate. She goes, I was talking to all the judges and I was saying, look, it's, it's probably a good idea to have a Facebook page, have, have a public presence. Who, who are right. you? you right. Google somebody, look them up, mm-hmm. have a little information. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing, she goes, it was really funny because the whole thing happened to you with speedo gate. 
And then some of the judges were like, are you crazy? Look <laughs> we're they, not look, doing that. Look what they did to that fucking guy. You know? <laughs> look at that poor guy. Right. Well, the court system now has a page. It's a little bit hard to find, but if you Google it, you'll find it. Um, that lists all that most most all the judges and has a little profile on them. The Judicial Council also has, also has information about judges. There's a lot of public information that people can find out about their background and so forth. So like we said before, judges mm-hmm. are, are very different mindset mentality right. than, than legislators or politicians. They don't, they're, they're initial, they're not necessarily thinking, oh, I need to get out there and sort of get people to know my face and, and make speeches and stuff. They're, they're mostly focused on, boy, I need to, I need to do my job. I really love being a judge. I'm devoted they, they, to they, it. They seem very mm-hmm. apprehensive or hesitant to, mm-hmm. to talk about themselves or maybe, yeah. maybe just give a cut. Like I was out in Juneau a few weeks ago. I saw a judge that I, that I recognized that I knew. And uh-huh. I said, hi. And, and he knew who I was and he'd, he, I mean, was like, hey, you know, this isn't, we're not on the, like, very kind of didn't want me to yeah. be aware that, I, you know, maybe I might, I might write something. I wasn't going to do that, but it was very different than a politician who might be, mm-hmm. say, hey, let's, let's chat. You know, ju- that's right. Judges are always very conscious of their role in the community. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit of tension there because uh, it's really important. I mean, judges are public servants and they need to be of their community. They need to know their community and be involved in their community. But also they need to maintain a little bit of distance um, because they don't want to put themselves in a position where somebody might think, oh, he won't be able to be fair or, oh, I that, saw that, her doing this, and now I've I've formed an opinion about whether you know she could really hear my case fairly. They're dropping the hockey puck, you know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, and even even to the um, even to the extent of you know maybe not um, not being friendly with lawyers that they used to be friendly with when they were lawyers. Well, actually, I, I brought this up before on, on the podcast with other lawyers, or mm-hmm. I think with even Nancy. I have a friend, Lee Baxter. He writes uh, oh yeah columns. Mm-hmm. He writes uh, columns or articles on different. Yeah. Um, legal matters happening. Very smart guy. And I asked him one day, I said, you know, are you ever going to try to be a judge? And he was like, no way. And I kind of said, why, you know, why not? And he goes, loneliest job ever. Mm-hmm. And, and then this is something I kind of know now, but at the time I didn't realize if you're, a, and I've been in situations before where like a dinner or an event yeah. a, and it's like, as soon as it gets political, they just kind of just walk away. They just kind of wander out so, of the room. So yeah. it is kind of lonely because you can't really no, in a just, high, high profile conversation yeah. about something Trump or whatever the country, any That's right. PFD. You don't, you don't, you know, you you have a duty to, to adjudicate cases fairly and impartially and also for people to think that you will be fair and impartial. And so if you're, in a situation like that, you know, it's, it's going to, it could impact your ability to hear a case in the future. Um, and then the other thing about being lonely is, you know, they don't really, judges don't, aren't really able to talk about their work too much. I mean, they can talk in general terms about what it's like to be a judge and they do a lot of that. They go out into the community and, um, they work with, uh, young people, you know, encouraging them to think about a judicial career so they can do that kind of thing, but they can't, you know, say, Oh, I'm working on this so case think, right now. You know, I think they end up you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. hanging out with judges and other, other judges right? Yeah, or non-lawyers. I, I was, uh. I won't say the judge, but this is like three or four years ago. I was out having a dinner with a friend, reporting at hers, and there was a judge there. And I didn't know who it was, and I knew the name, but he kind of said, oh, there's, you know, having dinner with his wife, and it was a high-profile case at the time. And I said, hey, what's going on with that case? And he was like, uh, no. uh, you know, because <laughs> no. he's like, Nat's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you can't talk around. to him about that. But, but, but did not want to talk about it, did not want to. No. So it's almost like you can't even go out if you're in a high-profile case because – 
somebody might recognize you. Well, it's interesting. For example, judges in our rural areas, you know, really uh, have that problem too. Everybody knows who they are. Oh yeah, it's oh, it's way more pronounced it's, in Anchorage, right? Right, right. Um, and they just have to navigate it, you know, to to be friendly and involved. Again, you want to be involved in your community, and it's very important. And you want to do outreach and go talk to the Rotary about what it's like to be a judge. But you, you know, you can't talk about cases. So you can't close down the triangle. No. That wouldn't that would not, not be so good. <laughs> so what what did you do? What did you do before? Are you a lawyer? I am a lawyer. Yeah. What what, what did you practice before? Or? I worked for the court system. Yeah, I came up here to clerk for a judge, and I uh, was just going to stay for a year, and uh, here I am, what thirty years later. So kind of like Nancy's a lawyer, but she's really focuses. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I used to work with Nancy at the court system. Big fan of Nancy Meach. Whenever she testifies, she's. You've testified too. I've heard, you're on the phone a lot, though. I think I'm on the phone a lot. Yeah, Nancy's down there. Yeah, she 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 kills it. She's I've, I've seen her a couple times where they've kind of brought up um, things that are just wrong, and she's very good at kind of being nice but saying, "Hey, this is not yeah. not right. It's wrong." Well, I mean, the law is really complicated, and um, court procedures can be complicated. I as mean, well. there's been several legislative <laughs> Senator Showers one. I mean, they've really kind mm-hmm. of went after they they want to change how we mm-hmm. how we mm-hmm. um, select judges. Yeah. You know, I really, uh, I mean, I hate to keep going back to the minutes of the Constitutional Convention because it sounds so old-fashioned, but I am telling you, every time I go back and read those minutes, I'm so impressed by by the thoughtfulness and the, uh, the sort of reasons for all the decisions they made. Uh, and there were lawyers and non-lawyers on the Judiciary Committee, which is the committee that advanced um, the ideas about having a judicial council. So Maybe I should have uh, my buddy Lee Baxter look at those minutes. And oh, yeah. One of those articles he writes. He's really good at writing. Oh. It's fascinating. In fact, you know, you read the minutes and it's a transcript of, of the speeches that were made on the floor. And I look at those and I mean, they're like speaking in paragraphs and sentences and essays, you know, just extemporaneously on the floor. It's quite amazing. Last thing I want to talk about was uh, recently the, the recall Dunleavy, mm-hmm. uh, the, the folks opposing the recall, the stand tall with Mike, uh, kind of backed out of their opposition to the, the legal opposition. And then the same day, coincidentally, there was a uh, article from the uh, Republican Party mouthpiece Suzanne Downing, and it was a pretty pointed attack on the Chief Justice. I don't know, mm-hmm. if, did you see that? or I didn't, uh, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it, yeah. So, I mean, part of it, I think she was she was trying to imply that he should recuse himself because mm-hmm. of some conflict or mm-hmm. something. And So, I want to talk a little bit, and I, you know, I don't really, I can't really say too much about that, um, but... You know, I want to talk about the Chief Justice's role a little bit on the Judicial Council because I think sometimes it's not well understood. So the Chief Justice is the chair of the council, and he runs he or she runs the meeting, um, but he or she only votes when to do so would change the result. Uh, so if there's a tie. There's a seven, so it's correct. there was a 3-3. Three, 3-3, three. Three, three, exactly. And it happens very rarely. So we went back and counted up every single vote that the Judicial Council has ever taken, and the Chief Justice has only had to vote 5% of the time. Five oh, percent wow, of all the votes. So the chief very rarely votes. Well, and the reason for that, of course, is that the judicial council is a very collegial body, and uh, how it works is during the interview, the chief justice, uh, in, you know, welcomes the applicant. They sit down. The chief justice, you know, says, "Go ahead, and make your opening statement," or ask, you know, ask the first question, "Why do you want to be a judge?" And then um, they, the chief, goes around the table and calls on each council member to ask a question. And then he or she will go around again until all the council members have asked all their questions. Well, by that time, the interview is usually over. If the chief has a question, he or she may ask it at that time, but very seldom does. And then during the deliberation process, after everyone's been interviewed and all the questions have been asked, um, again, the deliberations are among the council members. So again, 
the chief calls on the council members to discuss the relative qualifications of the applicants. They go around the table, they go around the table again, and then only, and this is in our procedures, only at the end of that process does the chief say anything, if he's going to even say anything at all. And um, so typically, so really this is a deliberation, a collegial deliberation among the council members. They're debating the relative merits of the applicants. And you could see after this extensive process of, you know, back and forth and talking and um, making points to each other that that most of the time they're going to be in agreement. And in fact, that's exactly what happens. You know, about 85% of the time, the council members are either unanimous or unanimous, but for one. It's only 5% they've had a break. How, how long? It's taken a long time since, to go back and check all that. Yeah, it did take a long time, but that's since the council's been operating, which has been since statehood. Wow. So, I mean, lot, lot, it's, it's interesting that this conversation, we had this now in the podcast, but then in June we talked, and there's so much that, and I consider myself kind of an informed person. You but are, yeah. It's just, it's so much. There's a lot to know. Going on here that's it's hard yeah, to. Yeah, you should, you should Maybe you should start like a council podcast. Well, I, we do have a Facebook page. I would invite anyone to go on our Facebook page, and I actually try to put little tidbits of information on there that people might find interesting, because you're right, it's a lot to know. Yeah, no, and it's, it's such a unique. But you said other states now, many states do have a merit. Yeah, many states. Some, you know, there's little differences around the edges, but in general, the merit selection and retention system is one that's been adopted by you know. So when does the council come out with their recommendations on retention? So those will come out. Um, there will be a, a statewide public hearing um, probably in May. We haven't set the date yet, but it'll be in May. And then the council at the end of May will be uh, will be reviewing all the data from all the evaluations of the judges and the their recommendation will come out end of May, beginning of June. So in plenty of time. And then when will the council mm-hmm. send the names to the governor to replace the, uh, what? That's going to be also in. When, 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 no, not Winfrey. So uh, we had. Who's leaving? On the Supreme Court? Yeah. yeah it's um, Justice Stowers. Stowers, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So that will also be at the May meeting. So they're going to be super busy at that May meeting. So they rot- rotate the meetings? Do they have them? We have, they have quarterly meetings that often go for like a week at a time. So, for example, in November last year, the council went to Palmer, uh, Kenai, and Valdez all in the same week and filled, uh, nominated people to fill vacancies on the Palmer District Court, the Kenai District Court, the Homer, uh, sorry, Homer Superior Court, and the, wow. Valdez, and the Valdez Superior Court, all in, you know, all, all together like that, interviewing all those applicants. And so they just work really hard. So it's a staggered six-year terms for the, the, the governor's pub. picks. What about the other? And the other ones, too, the attorneys also. Wow. So, so yeah. Such a, how many people work at the council? Um, to support the work of the council, we have um, only seven. Oh, so it's not that, not that big of a staff. No, we're pretty, pretty small. Pretty, we're, we're pretty, pretty lean. lean. Pretty, pretty efficient. Pretty lean. Pretty efficient. We've been doing it for a while, doing it since statehood. So. Well, you're, you're a good podcaster. you got a lot, <laughs> lot to say. I have a lot to say. Yes. Well, you're a lawyer, right? So. Right. <laughs> Enough said. Where, where'd you come? You said you moved up here for to yeah, Where'd yeah. you come from? I came, I went to law school in Chicago. Oh, my parents are from Waukegan. Oh, Waukegan. All yeah, they're right. both born and raised in Waukegan. I grew up Fantastic. in New Mexico, but we went back all the time to Chicago. Yeah, where'd you yeah. go to law school? I went to law school at Northwestern. Yeah. Oh. But I actually grew up in Tennessee. Pretty, so. pretty smart. Yeah. Basically, I've never been as cold as I was in Chicago. You don't have a Tennessee-type accent. No, I kind of lost that when I moved up here. Well, Northwestern, it's a pretty good school. Well, thank you. Hey, look at you. So what, when did you move up, move up here? 1987. For oh, a wow. year. So for a year. Right, right gonna... before this, yep. during the recession and oh, the Exxon yeah. Valdez. And... Oh, yeah. 
People oh. were just putting their keys in their mailboxes and driving away. Yeah, no, I've, I've done Remember podcasts. that? Yeah, well, I was, I was born in 84. So oh. A little, didn't, I, and I was in New Mexico. So, yeah. But I've read a lot about that time and talked to folks. And yeah, it, it was, was pretty bad. It was. Yeah, it was. But and here we are. Well, this has been a great podcast. Thank um, you. Suzanne. Thanks for inviting me. Suzanne, Susan or Suzanne? Suzanne. Suzanne. DiPietro, yeah. Executive Director of the Alaska Judicial Council. Yeah. And um, we need to do another one of these. And if, by the way, if any of the judges oh. would do a podcast. I did one with um, retired Chief Justice Bud Carpinetti last year oh, in fantastic. Juneau. fantastic. That yeah. was very interesting. All right. We talked about kind of how they decide cases and they all have to be kind of together. They can't, you know, yeah. talk. Because I said, again, thinking politically, I said, like, can you and... <laughs> Judge over at B and C, like kind of like get together and like you know have, go to the bar, make a deal no. on, on Judge D. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, because like, <laughs> exactly. that's what I'm thinking. Like you're scheming, right? No, you scheme a little bit. You, 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 right? He said no. No, there's like all these rules. <laughs> Again, that's like my political mind. You know. Well, it's natural. To, it's it's really natural to kind of assume that you know that the way things work in one branch of government might be the way they work in another. Mm-hmm. But you know, the judicial branch is a little bit different. Because I'm thinking if there's five justices and you're the chief mm-hmm. you, know, you call one you call one guy or yeah, gal no. over and you have a little con- and then you call and then you kind of you know, all of a sudden that. guess what we got three they don't do that <laughs> and the council members don't do that either it's, oh same thing right correct it's all all their discussions are with each other and uh so and what, they, so if folks are talking if, if you find out folks are talking to each other about them it's probably not a, like off record or that doesn't having a little little bar meeting no we just that's that's not the process and um and furthermore if you know, and sometimes people might come up to a council member and say, oh, I want to tell you something about applicant B. And if that happens, the council member comes comes into the meeting and says, I need to disclose that so-and-so said X about this applicant, and then they all talk about it. So, you know, it, it, it's really important that it that mm. the, dis, the discussion be sort of really right out there oh, in the meeting. On, I'd love to be on judicial council. Well, By the way, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm currently lobbying. I don't know if you have any pull here. <laughs> I'd like... Um, the chief justice to select me as his redistricting pick. So if you know anybody, <laughs> okay. uh, just, just pass it up the, the right. flagpole there. And I think there is something, remember we were looking at that? I think there is something about mm-hmm. representation from every... Um, is it judicial district? Yes. Or, yeah. So what happens is if the, for the listeners, you know, the, the uh, redistricting is coming up. So yeah. the governor gets two, the Senate president gets one, the the chief, uh, Speaker of the House gets one, and the Chief Justice gets one. Right. He goes last, I think, and mm-hmm. there there has to be at least one member from each judicial district. I, I think that's right. So, so oftentimes it's not required he pick, but but if there's a district that's not been, not been chosen, then he has to, you know, mm-hmm. pick that. So I think there's something in there about the judicial districts. Well, you're in the third judicial district, so I'm probably not. Man, I need to move that's, to. That's the big the one. First <laughs> or the second. <laughs> well, anyway, Suzanne, this has been a great podcast. Thank I learned you. a lot. And thank, thank you. Thank you for coming in. On well, a, thanks for inviting me. On a Sunday night. I'm going back to Juno here. At, uh, All right. See here. It's Don't miss your flight. 10, 1030. So okay. got a little bit of time. All right. Thank thanks you. for coming in. Appreciate okay. it. All right, folks. If you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.